Hey, welcome everybody. The Kula here, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, is uh, the spiritual director of this uh, center and you know my spiritual elder and uh, having her over behind the Zoom is giving me fits. <laughs> I want to be over there and uh, make make space for her to be here. Um, but we are in a training process. Uh, I'll be taking on the role of spiritual director uh, in a in a bit uh, when Sakula retires. Uh, so she is just delighting in finding ways to support me, and it's so sweet. It is just the sweetest, actually. And I'm delighting in finding ways to support her. Uh, like we had a, we have monastic guests here regularly. We bring in monks about once a month now again, which is so nice. And uh, Sakula always sits in a chair, kind of right. There's your spot, it's open. <laughs> This is cool sitting in a chair uh, right there and I'll sit next to her and then you know we go on from from there like just like today uh and then you know one day she was sitting in in her chair and I noticed well she's reaching over for her water and you know her champ books on the ground and all this and and the reason she's in a chair is because well if because she's got bad knees and you know the aging process and and all of this and <clears throat> I don't know why it took so long for the light to come on. Like, okay, this would be putting a table <laughs> next to that chair is a really obvious and simple and sweet way to support you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> but it doesn't really matter when the light finally comes on it's the joy that comes up around realizing that I can support somebody else who has been so supportive of me and I can support the community by being a model um, for that kind of mindfulness <clears throat> so that was really fun so I held up a table last last time we had a monastic visitor and you know it was a very simple gesture, just a little glass of water. Don't have to pick it up off the floor. <laughs> you know, a chant book right there. Uh, a nice um, agenda for the day, you know, and it just it made so much sense. But it, it's not until we're put in these positions uh, that we, you know, look around and start to see you know, how can I help? What? Uh, what can I bring to this moment? What's actually needed? What would be useful? What would be beautiful? And so, um, you know, Sakula's husband often uh, will do the Zoom and he's been working on uh, really upgrading our technology, but we're in that real sweet spot of <laughs> having upgraded technology and nobody trained on it yet. <laughs> and then uh, it's not a very sweet spot, actually. <laughs> And then Alistair couldn't be here today. And so Sakula um, offered to step in and, and do the Zoom and, and insisted 
on doing the Zoom. And so she found a way to support me. And um, it's lovely. Yeah. So this, the bowing that I was doing before I got started here was, it, that's just a, that's a nod to the monastic tradition that we follow, which is that um, when a junior monk is uh, teaching, but there's a senior monk there, or the abbot or the regular teacher is there, then just a bow to acknowledge that, um, that support and that leadership and that eldership. <clears throat> so, uh, I was happy, happy to have remembered <laughs> to do that uh, this time. I was reflecting on um, the the bit of we just do a small bit of chanting when we get started, and uh, someday I'll make a you know laminated sheets. I swear <laughs> of this very small bit of chanting and the. Uh, and the English translation, because it's so sweet and it's so simple. It's Budang Saranangachami, Damang Saranangachami, Sangang Saranangachami, and then repeated twice more for good measure, for good memory. And it's translated uh, to the Buddha, I go for refuge. To the Dhamma, I go for refuge. To the Sangha, I go for refuge. Very simple. And we've chanted it since before I walked in this door 20-something years ago. Uh, so I'm very familiar with the chant. And it's one of those cues. Right? Come in, light the incense. So that's a cue. I can smell that. I'm already getting settled. And then this, this chant going to refuge is another cue to settle the heart, settle the mind, settle into the space and into the community. <clears throat> I don't usually do this, but I was thinking about talking about the chant and talking about the refuges. And so I did that, you know, sort of, uh, well, Webster says uh, <laughs> a refuge is defined as, but I decided to do that today because I was curious what. That's not even Webster's anymore, right? Just the internet says that <laughs> uh, that a refuge is a condition of being is a condition of being safe or sheltered from pursuit, danger, or trouble. Uh, uh, refuge is a is a condition of being safe or sheltered from pursuit, danger, or trouble. And you might think of a women's shelter. You know, that's a, a good example of a, of a refuge. Uh, you might think of the term refugee. So someone who is seeking safety from pursuit, danger, or trouble. Uh, <clears throat> we've had this funny, um, funny ongoing joke in my house this week because my son uh, showed up with a friend of his who was going to stay the night, but his friend hadn't been in contact with his mother, and his mother didn't know he was doing this, and she showed up at my door. <laughs> is your son home, and is my son with him? <laughs> yes, let me send him out, and then, you know, I was like, Ethan, don't come home with refugees. <laughs> Everybody needs permission. <laughs> so a refugee, someone who's, you know, seeking safety, seeking shelter. Mm. 
this chant is a way of pointing to the shelter or the refuge that we have within us or that we can grow or build or create within us. So it's a, it's a safe place to grow, to be, to be among others. Um, it's an emotionally, these refuges are an emotionally mature place. We're creating safety for others from any negative actions. We're creating safety for ourselves uh, in terms of not sort of building new karma around negative or unskillful responses to the world. Um, and it's a refuge, you know, the refuge in the Buddha Dhamma and Sangha, I thought this was interesting. This is the interesting part for me is that here a refuge is a condition of being safe. So it's something, a refuge is something that has been built for that purpose, you know, a, a women's shelter or a camp or somebody else's mom's house <laughs> or whatever you know, something, a condition, something that's been created, something that's been built, something that's been put together. But in this tradition, in this, um, in Buddhism, we talk about taking refuge in uh, what we call the unconditioned. So things that aren't um, going to fall apart on us over time taking refuge in the Buddha is uh, taking refuge or finding shelter or making a home in uh, the possibility, the potential for being awake to how things really are. So being awake, being aware, being mindful, um, having skillful responses, uh, responding appropriately, no matter what comes up. Um, that is taking refuge in the Buddha, being interested in the way things really are. <clears throat> I am, um, I used to have, well, I still do actually. I have a really strong uh, cringe reaction. You know, this, I can't watch any kind of um, reality TV because I, I watch it like this. Like I just can't. <laughs> No, it's too, it's too, it's too disturbing. I don't like the way things are. That's right. Just like this, you know, and of course, reality TV, that's not really the way things are, but still they're making me feel like it is. And I can extrapolate, you know, I can extrapolate from that reaction, how I do that in the world too. how I just do that from minute to minute. No, it's not like that. It's not that expensive. <laughs> it's not that ugly. It's not that painful. Nobody was just mean to me. <laughs> we can sort of shut down in the face of what is uncomfortable and go running. You know, we become a refugee from the reality of the way things are. You know, and what we end up taking refuge in a lot of times is, you know, food, relationships, social media, 
um, family, you know, things that ultimately, honestly, you're in this tradition, I shouldn't say honestly, in this framework, we know that we can't rely on those things. We know they, they won't ultimately lead to a happiness and compassion and settling and balance. Uh, they'll just lead to that craving for more escape. So taking refuge in the Buddha is, this, is taking refuge in being aware and awake to how things really are. And then we can come from a place of um, curiosity, interest, compassion, loving kindness, rather than running as fast as possible in the other direction, which you should do from reality television. But that's another story. <laughs> Taking refuge in the Dhamma. Well, so a better example for me is well, there's that. That's real. But also um, for a long, long time. So we'd have, uh, we have monks come and nuns and we have guest teachers and there's always a, a Q&A session, which is so wonderful. And our monks are, they're just trained to respond to the moment, you know? So they actually love the Q&A as much as, it seems like as much as uh, the participants because there's a real sort of give and take and a real moment to moment awareness and mindfulness and relationship. And somebody would ask a question that I would judge to be oh, a little <laughs> whatever, fill in the blank of <laughs> cringy or something. And I just, I close my eyes. I just can't. I just can't like that. It's too hard. It's like, I can't even look at the monk. What are they going to do? What, how are they going to respond to this? You know? And of course they'd respond beautifully <laughs> and appropriately and directly to the question that was asked because it's a sense if somebody's asking a, a question it's a sincere wish you know for connection and reality and help and you know these really practiced individuals can see that and they can respond in the moment you know and here i am in the back of the room like like this like, how are they gonna you know oh 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 <laughs> A lot of wisdom <laughs> came up uh, in the moment when I was back here trying not to look, you know. So it can really, um, we miss a lot, actually, of what is beautiful when we're trying not to look because it's too painful. I love that this Buddha is giant. You can try not to look at it. <laughs> it's hard. But it's a reminder for me, you know, when I'm sitting out there, it's a reminder for me to be awake to the way things are. The Buddha was awake to the way things are. That's what Buddha means, Buddha, to awake, awakeness. And then taking refuge in the Dhamma is um, taking refuge in, so again, the, the truth, the way things really are, you know, what's causing what's coming up for us that's causing that kind of oh reaction this pushing away this pulling toward us this kind of unskillful holding of things so we want to be awake to that um, our internal manifestations and our inclinations of the mind we want to know what's going on inside 
Now we want to know what's going on in front of us. So this is important. But we want to know what's going on inside. Oh, I'm really, really pushing against that. Or I really want that. I want more of that. You know, being awake to, to the Dhamma, being awake to the truth um, that's manifesting, really seeing how the pieces are put together is, is important. It's useful. It's beautiful. And then it's also um, taking refuge in the in the Buddhist teaching. So uh, that's beyond the scope of this next eight minutes. <laughs> but you know, the the Buddha laid it out for us. Well, there's there's suffering. There's an end of suffering. There's something that's causing your suffering. There's a there's a path. You know, there are things you can do to to lessen your suffering to lead to happiness that's based in goodness. So that's what I see as enlightenment is a happiness that's based in goodness, you know, true happiness based in goodness. It's a whole framework of things to try on for ourselves. So taking refuge in those opportunities to learn from this framework that already existed. You know, not everybody in here is a Buddhist or going to be a Buddhist. It doesn't matter um, at all, actually. Uh, but part of for me, part of being a Buddhist is taking refuge in the Dhamma. So when I'm having a problem or not seeing clearly or don't know what to do next, I go to the Dhamma. And what would, I'm not going to say what would the Buddha, oops, Mary just said it. <laughs> what would the Dhamma, what, what would be the next right action if I was following the Buddhist teachings. What would I do next? Uh, so having that, and I remember like early in the Apostaca program, just being like, boy, this is really airtight. <laughs> I'd find myself rational, trying to rationalize my way around things. Well, I got to do this for this reason. And this is really like this. And these people need my blah, 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 blah. And when I go back, to the Buddhist teachings, what I would find is that there was always something to work with that was wholesome and skillful and useful and beneficial. And I would just be learning and growing uh, and happier. <laughs> what do you know? And then taking refuge in the Sangha really is what we're doing right now. So we're spending time with people who have a wholesome intention. I mean, everybody who's here and has been here for the last hour and 20 minutes has not killed anyone, you know, <laughs> or any living creatures even. And if you stepped on a fly somewhere, you know, you probably didn't even know it. You probably didn't try, though. No one in here that I know so far has stolen anything, taken anything that doesn't belong to them. No one is, you know, maybe you have, but. When we come here, we're generally not flirting with other people or trying to <laughs> buddy up you know, to our spouses, you know, friends or whatever like that. So just staying in right relationship. Uh, and because um, I'm the one doing most of the talking, you know, I feel rest assured that most of us today haven't engaged in lying or wrong speech or harsh speech or um, divisive speech or 
So I haven't heard anybody swear at anything. And there's even a computer in the room and nobody's swear at anything yet today. <laughs> so by coming here, by taking, you know, nobody's, you know, there's no bar here. You can't really like go nuts, <laughs> too nuts. <laughs> there's not a whole, you can't, you know, like the fifth precept if you're on the precepts in this tradition is not uh, drinking or using drugs uh, because it can lead to this um, uh, less mindfulness, you know? And so all we have on tap is water. And then, <laughs> and then if somebody makes coffee, they're my favorite. So there's, <laughs> there's usually what now you should, whoever made coffee should go pour it down the sink right now, just to like, help me learn. <laughs> but it's quite a wholesome space, you know, coming and practicing with the Sangha is a way that we can hold ourselves accountable and give ourselves support around goodness around developing happiness that's steeped in goodness rather than steeped in our preferences and our good times and our escape um, and our even our friends, even our family, even our job, especially our money. You don't actually need money to be here. Everything we do here is free of charge. You don't even have to, it's not free of cost, but it's free of charge. You don't even have to take refuge in money to be here. You just walk in an open door. Now, then if you want to support, if it feels good and you want to support it, then that's up to you. But there is no sort of um, transactional relationship here. It's just a space that is intended to give rise to goodness and true happiness.